Hey guys, I'm Bethany. And I'm Dalton. <laughs> and this is Looking for the Middle. It used to be the Christian Girl's Guide to Modern Dating, but now we're just the we Christian's Guide it. to Modern Dating. <laughs> All of the Christians. We don't care about gender anymore. That's a whole other topic for a whole other day. We'll <laughs> talk about that later. But today, this is our first ever episode like this, guys. We've always done our Men Tell All every year, which you guys know. But because we added Dalton and we're kind of shaking things up a bit, this is our first women tell all, which I'm so very excited about Dalton. This is one of his first like contributions to the show almost of like, ooh, you know what we should do is we should have a women tell all. So that's what we're doing. This is the first thing I've ever contributed to the show. No, but when we were just planning still, this was one of your first ideas. You've contributed a lot since then. Yeah, there just, you go. See, yeah, there we go. Dig a hole, climb <laughs> yourself back out. There, yeah, I, I learned that from the best. So we have with us today Mel New, who I feel like a lot of you guys probably know who she is without actually knowing who she is. Because I know a lot of you guys are in the um, IYKYK date, Christian Dating Facebook group, because I see a lot of your faces over there. Um, so Mel actually is the founder CEO, owner, president, all the all the titles with them. And so we are thrilled that she's on the show today. So welcome, Mel. We are glad you're here. Ooh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's funny. You're so I have a sister named Melanie. Mm. And so when I saw your um is it your personal Instagram handle? It's like it's Mel, not Mal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, totally relate, because we call her Mel. And it's yep. not Mal, it's not Mallory. <laughs> so yeah. It's whenever I introduce myself, people, it's just like a hard Mel. It's a hard thing to say. It's, I don't know why, but it's kind of hard to say. And it sounds like Mel. So the joke is, my name is not Mel. It's Mel. (laughs) Well, there you go. Now everyone listening knows how to say your name. Perfect. That's right. right, (laughs) It's time. It's time. We need a question of the day. Question of the day. Okay. So my question of the day. Okay. It is. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, I stumped him. Oh. Mm. (laughs) Bacon feels right. Okay. That feels right. I had it for breakfast this morning. You can can make bacon be whatever you want it to be. Bacon comes in all different shapes and forms. I've got a card over there from our kids with a picture of bacon on it for my birthday. It has to be bacon. Okay. Mel? Um, easy. Uh, cookies and cream ice cream. <gasps> oh, that's my favorite ice cream. So good. that that's a good mm. one. Yeah. So mine is potatoes because <laughs> don't make that face at me. I've thought this through. Potatoes are my favorite food. Because you get French fries, you get hash browns, you have potato chips, like you can bake a potato. They're so very versatile. There's so much you can do. So it's weird, but potatoes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Dalton's giving me very judgy looks. We're recording this over Zoom so we can all be in the same place because we're not in the same place. He's giving me very judgy looks, but. Normally we're in the same room and I give you the judgy looks from across the table. That That is true. So let's just jump in. So we have a list of questions. We're going to go through them and see where this takes us. Um, so Mel, first tell us a bit, little bit, just introduce yourself personally. Name, yeah. age, what you do. Are you dating anyone? Are you not? I mean, we don't need all the details, but just generally from it that standpoint. Paul. 
where are you coming from? So we can, you know, filter through there. So yeah, just tell us a little right. about you. All right. Well, my name is Mel. It's actually Melissa, uh, full name. And I grew up in Phoenix, uh, lived there, actually went to the same school, kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, so it's a fun little fact. Went to the University of Arizona. Um, I've lived all around the world. So I've lived a year in Australia, New Zealand, Costa Rica, and then moved to San Diego about four and a half years ago. And I didn't ever think I wanted to own a business. I remember telling my parents, I said, I will never own a business. I just want to do my nine to five, go home. And then it wasn't until I actually went through a pretty um, hard breakup when I was about 27, so a few years ago. And it was like, from that, I really um, dug in, did a lot of heart work and really came out the other side. Just, a, I, I think more of the person that God intended me to be and, um, and realized, wow, I really, I, I was really hiding behind a lot of layers of fear. And I actually do have an entrepreneurial spirit and you know, starting a business and businesses is so exciting for me. And so that's what, um, I don't think I would be here without going through those hard times. And so, uh, IYK start IYK, IYK dating call IYK for short started a few years, uh, actually beginning of 2021 with a friend and we were just thinking we wanted to meet guys for ourselves and uh, here in San Diego. And I'd actually hosted speed dating, uh, for a secular company, um, like a few years prior to that. So I knew kind of how to do it. And when my friend said she wanted to start hosting speed dating or sorry, she said she wanted to go to a speed dating thing. I was like, let's just do it ourselves. So we started it and um, got about 90 people for our first weekend. Um, and it, it kind of started from there. That's really cool. I didn't realize that it's, I knew you had like hosted speed dating. I didn't realize this kind of started from that, which is cool. I like, I will say, I like this format, I think better than speed dating, the mixer yeah. feel of things. Yes. Yes. We transitioned into mixers towards the end of 2021 uh, because we were, we were just able to fit more people like in a room because with speed dating, it's like uh, 15 guys, 15 girls. And you really mm. can't do more than that because you just get exhausted after talking <laughs> to so many people for so long. So yeah, we started doing mixers at the end of 2021. And, um, it's kind of a, I mean, isn't it always a God story, but I, I was applying to the, um, grad school for marriage family therapy at the end of 2021. So I really felt like God put that on my heart and I just submitted it to God. I also felt at that same time, God was really putting on my heart to just give like a large sum of money. And I hadn't ever felt that way before, other than my regular tithing. And so I was kind of worried though, because I was about to go to school if I, you know, applying to, to be a marriage family therapist. And I was like, okay, God, I trust you. And the, the amount of money just kept getting larger and larger until he was like, just give all your savings. Do you trust me? So I said, okay, God, um, you better freaking provide for me because I'm not going to be poor here in San Diego. I think it just got listed like the most expensive place to live. And so that was really scary, but it was just so cool to see his provision and the way he worked that I ended up uh, making a TikTok for, if you know, you know, dating right after I applied for school in December. And after we had our mixer, 
it ended up blowing up and people from all around the country were just asking like, come to, come to Florida, come to Chicago, come, you know, here, come there. And I was like, wow, this could be a really cool business venture, but I, you know, wanted to be obedient to what God had called me first of, you know, going to school. So when I got the letter back, I ended up not getting in this time. And, but I was a little excited. Uh, So I was like, sweet. That means I can move forward with IYK. And at this point it was, you know, February, 2022. And we planned another mixer in San Diego and Orange County, and they did really well, but I was still, um, I was still looking, okay, how's God going to provide? Because I, I still, I don't have any savings right now. Um, but it was been so cool to see God really step into those places and not only provide support for the business, people reaching out, DMing us, emailing us saying, how can we help? How can I help move this thing forward? And then my favorite God story is someone actually reached out to me on Instagram and just asked if they could donate money. And I was like, just wow. so you know, it's not a charity. It is for profit. You know, we do, it's a ministry, but just wanted to make sure she was clear. She said, I know I just really felt on my heart. God, I think what you're doing is amazing. It's so needed. And so we, um, no, sorry. She, she ended up just Venmoing me $500 just like that. And I'm like, wow, God's so good. Like he cares. He's our, he's our dad. You know, he wants to provide for us. He wants to foot the bill for things that he calls us to. And so to me, I was like, yeah, I'm in the right spot. This is what I got to keep doing. And I love it too. So, uh, for, I guess those who don't know, IYKYK dating stands for, if you know, you know, dating, just like when, you know, you know, it's if you know, you know, <laughs> and we run large scale mixers for Christians around the country and we do it so that's local so we try to gather all the christian singles from all the churches in one city and put on a mixer so they can actually all come together and meet which i think many, is so uh, cool <laughs> how many cities and events have you guys already hosted around the country yeah so we've probably hosted upwards of 15 maybe 15 to 20 and we've done all over California, so Northern California, Southern California, Arizona, um, Texas. Uh, we're going to Nashville in a few weeks. Really exciting. And actually, I don't know if I told you this, Bethany, but mm-hmm. we are actually masterminding a virtual mixer right now. Oh. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be in October. It's actually going to be on October 7th, and we're going to release the tickets uh, in about a week, actually, on September 7th. I don't know when this podcast is necessarily going to be out, but um, I'm like trying to remember the date. But it's going to be, it's going to be so cool. We're, I'm so excited. My friend and I were masterminding it together and we're going to have, we're going to have it be like a cross between uh, a virtual speed dating slash mixer and just an entertaining thing. So we're going to have a mixologist with uh, non-alcoholic um, spirits. That's a thing. <laughs> and um, you can use whatever you want at home. Um, and um, an illusionist, magician, a stand-up comedian, a dance instructor, and then also just like a place where you can just kind of share testimonies. We're gonna have a Zoom thing and you can bounce around to different mm-hmm. rooms. And then we're also gonna have an element in there where there's you're actually gonna be on your phone and doing like actual speed dating with the people, the participants that are in the in the room. So it's going to be a hundred people and, um, all over the country. And we're hoping that these things that people really like these and that we can do them more often. And so we're super excited to get that launched and, um, see where it goes. 
That's really cool. That, yeah. And that kind of, because I know like to go to certain cities, like you have to have a certain level of interest to make it worth going there. But this kind of like bridges that gap as you're growing and getting more interest, you know, nationwide to where it's like, hey, you can do this from anywhere. And so can you, like, you don't have to go anywhere to do that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that before, but I think that's a cool, like, yeah, in between step that I think people will really like. Yeah. And then also the the thing about it though, is that we are only um, letting people who are part of our Facebook group Mm. go to it. And so for people to be able to buy tickets, they have to be a part of the the Facebook group, which is IYKYK Christian dating. And we'll, we can link it in the, um, like in the episode description. So if you guys are like, Ooh, I want to be in there, we'll put it in there. So you can, uh, I'm going to make a note of that because I always say these things and then I forget to put them in there. <laughs> so let me put link to Facebook group. Okay. So then next question here. Um, like, I know you said you were starting cause you and your friend were like, Oh, like we want to go meet people. And you were like, why pay to go to speed eating? Let people come to us. So the, qu- my question in like, as you were getting going, were there any things, like any issues, like when you look out at the the world of Christian dating, were there any like issues you saw or things that you were like hoping that this would improve? Are there things that you're like, okay, this is obviously an issue in Christian dating and we're trying to overcome that? Uh, great question. Just teed me up so good right there. Perfect. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm so passionate about this. Yes, it is so hard. And people in the audience say, amen, I'm sure. When I say it is so hard to meet people at church, especially if you're new, if they're new, what are you supposed to do? Just walk up to somebody cute and say, hey, I think you're hot. Like, let's go on a date. Like, no, you can't do that. You're, it's so risky to do that at church or even at church events. And unless you know that person really well, you know that they're single, you know that they're not you know, still hung up on somebody, you know, that your friends or other people aren't trying to go for It's so like, like a puzzle, you know, because let's say you're brand new at church, your guy, you don't want to just go up to a girl because you don't know if she has a boyfriend, you don't know her, if her boyfriend's right next to her or not, you literally will alienate yourself from a whole young adults group. It's potentially if you do that, because the guys are gonna be like, who's this creep, you know, going up on my girlfriend. And then the girls are gonna say, who is he? It just, it's risky. And so, and vice versa for a girl as well. And so we really wanted to create a space where we normalized just being able to ask somebody for the number or being able to express interest in a very safe way. And so we actually structure our events so that it's, it's a way that guys can not only get practice with intention of hey, going up to a girl saying, hey, can I, you know, can I give you my information? Would you want to go on a date? But also there's accountability in it where we basically have this rule. It's called the 48 hour policy where we have men specifically, we tell them to fill out, we call them flirty business cards to give to women throughout the event so that they can let the girls know, Hey, I'm interested in in getting to know you better. And it has like their name, their number, their social media handle on it. And then we say to the girls, okay, you get the opportunity now to either say, okay, thank you. And receive the card. Or if you're not interested, we, we literally give them a script to say something like, Hey, thank you so much for your boldness. I'd rather be friends or thank you so much. I'm not interested in anything more than being friends, or I'm just not interested. So we say, ladies, say this to their face, 
you know, because we need to normalize being able to just say these things and then not being weird with each other after that. And then we say, if you do accept that card, you have 48 hours to respond to them. We say, have a caveat, unless you feel unsafe or you feel like they're, you know, going to hurt you in some way, because there's always a caveat. But we say like, ladies, we got to get better at actually, you know, following through because it just compounds this fear mentality in men and in women, even women get ghosted too, that, you know, oh, if I, if I reach out to them, I might get ghosted. And, and it's just, it's just, I would rather change the narrative to being, let's have better communication, like that Christians are not going to ghost one another, that they can just say, I'm not interested. And so we just like create this little culture of our own. Um, and we say, if, if you, if you ghost them, you know, after they give them your card, you receive it, you never reach out to them. We say, you're going to go, we change our policy a little bit. We say, you go to IYK jail and to get out of jail, you have to pay your bond. And so basically it's sponsoring somebody to be able to go to the event. So the next time you want to pay, you have to pay double. And then on the guy side, we do have the same, a similar rule where we say, if you give out your card, this isn't something where you're just throwing, throwing something at the wall and see what sticks, you know, you, you have to respond as well. If they reach out to you, you know, and then we also say, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to, you know, say, Hey, like, thank you so much. Or, Hey, I really enjoyed our conversation. And I think I had a stronger connection with somebody else. It's totally fine, but we say communicate. So that's like probably the biggest issue that I see in the church of a, it's hard to meet people. And then when you do the communication is horrible just because we don't have any like guides or, you know, we don't have anybody who set us down or even at the church taught us like, this is how you kindly reject somebody. And, you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of no's because you only need one. Yes. So we have to learn how do you navigate the no's? And so that, yeah, I would say those two things, um, are probably the biggest things that I see in the Christian dating culture. Yeah. And there, there's so much problems around communication these days of no one wants to hear no, and no one wants to say no. And so we've talked in several episodes about the, the idea that when uh, you ask someone out, they almost kind of leave it open-ended because they feel like mm-hmm. they're not hurting your feelings. Uh, if I say, well, just not right now, but what you're actually doing is setting up for so much worse. You're setting this person up to think, okay, well, later on down the road, it's like the dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. It's, it's a terrible mentality of we should, as Christians, and, and this is my big thing of that's either your brother or your sister in Christ. And so you need to care about their feelings and care about how this is going to impact them and the way that you interact with them. So I love that. But I'm curious because that's a lot of what you've seen as you started this out. Now, as you've been going and going to these mixers, what are some of the trends that you've been seeing now that you've been in a lot more of the Christian dating cycle in these mixers? What are things that you're seeing either good or bad that you started noticing? Yeah, I would say good is that we have had very, very few women reach out and tell us that a guy has ghosted them. So that's really good. We've had probably more men than women reach out and tell us that a girl's ghosted them, but it doesn't happen that much. So that's good. I really think that it's changing. It's giving people tools to be able to communicate better because we also give them follow-up emails at the end of the mixer of like, hey, here are some like literal scripts. You can say here's some articles. And so there's really no excuses to why they wouldn't be able to communicate. And we've I've had people... 
um, come up to me and say like, thank you so much for what you're doing. Like, this has really changed the way that I see dating and it's helped me have lower stakes. I think that's probably the biggest thing because we always have a speech at the beginning that I give talking about, Hey, dating, you know, we really need to have more of a Matthew 633 mentality around dating, which is seek first the kingdom and all else will follow. And, you know, anytime that we, anytime that we as Christians put anything above seeking first the kingdom, like a goal or destination we want to get to, I even sometimes use the analogy of a job. Why do we get a job? It's, you know, to provide for our families, to, to make income, but that's as a Christian, that's not the only reason why we work. You know, we work because it's a way that we glorify God. We work because it's what we, it was a purpose. You know, there's just, it's work because we get to witness to our friends at work. You know, there's just so many other reasons that when we say we, we try to seek first the kingdom in our job and all else will follow, meaning the money will come, you know, like, like things will come. And I think the same way with dating of sometimes the church has put marriage as the, the ultimate, ultimate goal. When I do think it is a good goal, you shouldn't go in without intentions, but when you make that the only marker of success of dating, then it starts getting tw- twisted and warped. And, and we've seen that where that's where the ghosting or the, you know, not communicating afterwards, because it's what, it, what am I getting from it? Am I going to get married out of this? This isn't the girl that I see myself marrying. Okay, boom, on to the next one. And then it's a very consumer mentality. And it's very objectifying too, because in a sense, it's saying like, you're only good to me if you're going to be my husband. You're only good to me if you're going to be my wife. And, and as to your point, it's not honoring to one another. So I've really seen people um, talk about their experiences and just, it's been cool to just watch the interactions, the dynamics of people where, you know, we say, you're just getting to know somebody. They, they may not be for you, but they could be for your friend or they could know somebody that's for you. So I think it really helps people to shift a perspective of, oh, yeah, for like, I need to get out of this like churchy, hyper-intentional, I got to know her and her family and, you know, all her secrets before I go on one date with her mentality of like, this is a person in front of me that I'm just going to connect with. And, um, and people walk away with friendships. And, and it's been really cool to see um, just the, even the unity in the body of Christ coming together after these mixers. So it's been, it's been encouraging to see. That's really cool. And if I remember correctly too, you're talking about people have made friendships and they've, they've formed relationships and all that, but there is, you do have one major success story, right? Like there is one couple that's engaged if I'm remembering correctly, right? Yes. They are actually getting married this month in September. So exciting. So exciting. And another couple, these are just that we know of. Um, If you are listening and you are in a relationship, please let me know. Um, I also know that there have been relationships from these that maybe they didn't work out or, you know, they've gone on, you know, four or five dates and decided to just be friends. So I know that you know, people are getting dates from this and we do have one other um, couple in a very serious relationship. They're probably going to get engaged soon. And then another one that's in a serious relationship. So it's been, it's been really cool to see the fruit of this. Yeah. Which I mean, but we're talking about what y'all, I mean, you just really got started. You said February of this year. So yeah. Although those ones were from our very first event, well, some of our gotcha. first events in 2021. Well, but, but still, yeah. yeah. Okay. Super, super exciting. That's, yeah, that's really cool. So then <laughs> I just wanted to kind of piggyback a little on one thing you were saying about just kind of creating that, you say lower stakes, maybe just that lower stakes environment, because I think a lot of this, just within church, within Christian dating, there's this 
paralyzing that happens when it comes to rejection. And I think it's because the stakes are so high because for so long with a lot of the purity culture and I kiss dating goodbye and all these things, asking a girl out on a date or on the flip side, being asked out on a date was tantamount to a marriage proposal in a lot of ways, because you had to know all of this stuff about this person, because as a guy, you don't want to lead her on. And as the girl, you know, oh my word, he's asking me out. He must want to marry me. And so it's almost become this thing where that rejection, even though, you know, it's just to a first date has so much, because it's like, from a guy's perspective, it's almost like, oh my word, this girl who I was planning to marry has just crushed my dreams because she doesn't want to go on a date with me when it's like, you know, like you haven't even spent time with her intentionally, the two of you to that end yet. And girls, we get so, yeah, we get into this mode of saying, oh, well, not right now. Or, oh, well, you know, trying to let someone down gently when I'm like, if he's that hung up on you before you even go on a date, that's on him a little bit. But at the same time, like, if he's not that hung up on you, there's a little pride element on our part of thinking, oh, well, he's so into me already. I've got to let him down gently so I don't break his heart. It's like, you haven't even gone on a date. And so I think this larger format really just naturally takes some of that pressure off. And I think if we see more and more of that, kind of like you said, we can reverse, reverse that mentality a little because it is paralyzing to an entire generation of Christians, I think. Oh man. And that is one of actually the, one of the biggest things I've seen and talked, I mean, just talking to so many people, friends and and people at these mixers, that's exactly, you just hit the nail on the head there, Bethany, that that's exactly what it is. It's paralyzing. It's anxiety inducing. It's these, because a lot of these guys, they're really good guys. There's so many good guys out there. That's also something I've seen. I was like, there are so many amazing Christian men and women out there. So if you're listening, you are still single, trust me. There are so many out there. It's just a matter of getting in front. Like it's just like advertising or marketing. It's just like getting exposed to it. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And it's just difficult at church because you know, where are you supposed to know? Like where the singles are, you might be at different services. I'm going off on a tangent, but (laughs) what, from what you said, it's, it's just so true because that has prevented so many guys from asking girls on dates. Can't even tell you the amount of conversations I've had with either guy friends or you know, it's like this, this idea that I'm, I'm saying of ask girls on dates and keep it low stakes. It's revolution. It's like news. It's like news to them. And, um, I, and, uh, and it's just been really cool to see like where I, you know, not that it's like me, but it's just this idea, you know, that I'm furthering of, yeah, keep it low stakes. It's, it's, it's almost like a business meeting. The first one, that's how well, you know, these people, you know, they're, you're not even friends yet. And, um, and it's been cool to see just people released from a, a lot of bondage. Cause I think there's just such a spiritual bond, um, a stronghold over Christian dating. And it makes sense because why wouldn't there be, you know, what's the number one, not to say that singles cannot have an impact for the kingdom, but I so strongly believe that families reflect God in a way that singles just, you know, when you're alone, you just can't as much, you know, cause a, a family unit, it respect, it reflects God as the father, God, as a friend, God, as a son, like, or um, you as a son, you know, Jesus as the son, you know, it's just, you see so many different facets of God's character within the family unit. And also even the idea of like bringing somebody into your family, just like God brings us into his family. We're adopted, you know, when we're, when we're saved by Jesus, it's just, you know, Satan does not like that at all. And you don't, and in, in a family unit, you just further 
um, it's just a very strong weapon to further the kingdom. And so I think that, well, how do you have strong families? You have strong marriages. How do you have strong marriages? You have two people who love Jesus who meet and date (laughs) and get married. So, you know, if, if Satan can stop it at the, they don't even ever meet or they don't even ever try, then, you know, he's already won the battle. And so I, I know that I'm also up against the spiritual battle in all of this. And so it just does not surprise me that there's going to be confusion and anxiety and feeling people being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I'm just not going to ask her out because I don't want to break her heart. And the girl being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'll go on a date, but I just, I don't know exactly how I feel about him, you know? And man, I used to be like that so much where I would just have so much anxiety. If after the first date, I wasn't sure about how I felt, I was like, I need to break up with him now or not break up, but I need to end it now. I need to, you know, cause I, cause I didn't want to break his heart to your point of who am I to think he's <laughs> even so in love with me after one date, you know, but what do we see on the TV on the, I mean, if you think about it, we take our cues from culture of what does a date look like? We've seen them all in the, the high school music or high school movies and college movies where a guy's always really into the girl before he asks her out on the first date. And like he's like in love with her and they finally get the date and they go to dinner. He brings her flowers. It's like a big thing. You don't really ever see dating at casually. I mean, you see casual sex all the time, but you don't see casual dating of somebody saying, Oh, I'm going to ask her out on a date just to get to know her. Oh, it didn't work. Uh, let's just be friends now. I, at least I've never seen that yeah. in media ever. It was kind of a new concept to me when I listened to a podcast once. And um, it's probably the best thing that I've ever heard about dating where they said, have the focus, have the goal of dating or going on a date to just connect with the person in front of you. Stay present. Don't be in your head thinking, is this going to be my spouse? Is this going to be, you know, this, that, or the other? Because when you are just thinking, 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 you're actually not present because your mind is in your head. Your mind's not there with the person in front of Mm -hmm. you. And so I was like, whoa, like that's revolutionary to me. And so that's something I started practicing. Now, caveat, I'm not saying go on dates with somebody that you know is not Christian or you know has a purpose that is absolutely not aligned with what you want to do with your life. No, of course not. But at the end of the day, especially when you're over um, the age, you know, of like 22, you're out of college, you're out of high school, you don't have these ecosystems that are set up for you to get to know people, your own age and life stage, just so easily day in, day out, unless maybe you work with a ton of people your age that are also Christian, you know, not all of us are that lucky. And you, you might have to, you know, you see a girl at the grocery store for guys, you see a girl at grocery store. That's cute. You shoot your shot, you know, who knows, maybe they're Christian, maybe they're not. But I know something that we had talked about Bethany of, of this idea of, I think the church should teach men how to date better. And the church sometimes says, Oh, that's not my job. But then we go back to, well, how are they supposed to get married if they don't know how to date well, or if they don't know how to meet somebody well. And so what I think instead of saying never date somebody you don't know, or, or you have to get to know her before you date, why don't we have better accountability around first dates? You know, for example, I went on a date with somebody who on the first date, he, he was so, so, so sweet. He, you know, he did all the right things. We went to a restaurant, but then when we were um, leaving, he's like, hold on, I just got to text my accountability buddy. And I was like, what? He's like, it's just something we do on first dates. We just let them know when we're leaving, you know, to make sure we're not going home with the girl or anything. And I was like, that's so smart because at the end of the day, if you don't know if she's a, like, as a guy, you don't know. And same with the girl, like, especially if you've had a past of sleeping around, like 
it's a good idea to say, yeah, I'm going to you know, text a buddy, have them ask me, how did it go after that date? Did you go home separately? Whatever. Because, you know, there are people that are totally fine with sleeping on, you know, the first date. But, um, but I think because there's this spirit of, there's a stronghold over dating. So there's fear and confusion. I think sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we say, just don't go on first dates with somebody you don't know, or with a stranger. And instead of saying, mm, we can have self-control and we can do this in a smart, wise way. Yeah. Well, and I think kind of going with what you're saying about how in the church, like the church can sometimes hold up marriage as this like ultimate end all be all. And Mm -hmm. I think like, I appreciate that the merit, that the church has a very high view of marriage and I appreciate Mm -hmm. that they talk about it. And I appreciate like that, um, that's something that's important. There are classes, there's all this stuff. And cause we, we have people reach out to them regularly for like, everything knows about marriage and parenting and all this. And there's nothing for singles. Like there is not a singles group. There is no singles ministry. There's nothing. And so I appreciate that, that I, I, and I've t- told people on here before, I appreciate that. I think it's good. The church mm-hmm. should hold up marriage um, because it is so countercultural. And it, you know, like you were talking about marriage, Christian godly marriage is what's under attack in our society today. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no attack in society on being on your own, doing whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. And you just live your life on your own. That, that, that is alive and well in our society. Um, but marriage and family are under attack. So I think there is a place the church does need to hold those things up and they do need to like be the champion of those things because that is so countercultural. Like you were saying, society can look at that and say, that is different. What is, what is different about that? And, you know, um, what is, what is the verse in first Peter where it says always be ready to give an account for the hope. Is that first Peter? Second Peter. Okay. Um, and so it's that sort of thing where like, that is different, but we can't forget about the single people, you know, just, just because there's no, um, there's no fight for your, uh, you know, having self-control. There's no fight for those things. Like in society, it's a free for all. I think the church still needs to come alongside and say, yes, this marriage is important. Yes. Family is important. We're going to hold up and we're going to support that because it is under attack, but don't leave everyone else behind. I think you got to, I think there's just a balance that needs to be struck there. Well, and and there's a charge to single people too, of don't disconnect yourself. I had a conversation Mm -hmm. with a brother from another church uh, a week and a half ago. And one of the things that he had mentioned was, I just feel so disconnected from the church because they're always teaching on things that are more for families and more for marriage. And I said, well, the word of God is still important no matter what. And if you're being taught the word, it's beneficial for you, either in preparing you for a future marriage and for family and preparing your heart to go against what the culture says dating is and to go against the idea that sex can be casual and you can sleep around when you're dating, which the scriptures are, are honest about that, that that is reserved for marriage. So there's, there's so much that the culture pushes against. So as a single person, when you're in the church and the word is being taught and preached, it's still for you. And there's, there's the other side of it where you're able to come alongside families and serve them and minister to them and holding them accountable to what God's word describes. So I don't want us to run away and say, well, it's, it's always about marriage and it's always about families. Yeah. The church should do a better job in teaching and reaching single people at the same time, single people, this isn't a get out of jail free card. You're called to be involved. Yeah. I think that's so good. I just wanted, can I add something to your point uh, sure. Bethany and Dalton, what you were saying that I think it's just so interesting that it's almost like, 
sometimes single people get put in this bind of, okay, but when we back it up, we talk about, you know, Paul talks about, you know, better to be single or I wish everybody could be single like me. I would argue that that's a very small portion of the church at large of people that are actually called to be single and who want to be single. I would say most people, I mean, it's a bit of a, it's an epidemic of the people that want to be married that aren't married. And a lot of times this, this feeling of like, oh, that those sermons aren't for me. It's, it's really coming from a place of sadness and a place of, I wish I could be, this is what I think anyway, I wish I could be receiving this message or, you know, applying this to my life, but I can't. And so then they do feel singled out and they do feel, um, you know, like, how's this supposed to apply to my life, which on one hand, I, I, I agree with you, Dalton, of like, it's a, it's, it's kind of a issue of this is the scriptures still apply to your life. You can still get something from this the word of God does not return void. But then also, I think to the point of that, this is kind of the thing that makes me um, just sometimes a little bit infuriated is if the church is so, if the church really does believe marriage is so important and family is so important, but then they turn a blind eyes to single who, who the singles are like, I want to get married. I want to meet somebody, help us find somebody, help us. And they're like, but we're not going to do singles ministry. Absolutely not. And this is, and then I, they literally say this, we are not a dating site. We are not a dating forum here at this church. We will never do speed dating. We will never do. And it's, it's just like, well, that just, it almost feels cruel where it's like, you're, you're dangling this thing that people want so badly and that is good and godly. And they're even coming to you being like, I, I would love to meet somebody. And, and then the church says, but that's not our job. And to that, I say, don't you think you should serve people in the capacity that they most need it? And for families, it's they need education on you know, parenting and they need, um, they need maybe assistance with, you know, whatever families need with parents, they need certain things, you know, marriages need certain things. Well, singles typically they're not trying to stay single the rest of their life. You know, it's not to say that you graduate when you get married because you don't and that you can always seek God in every stage of your life. But I think it has been downplayed so much of let's help them get married. Let's help them meet other, other Christians. Cause at the end of the day, it is a desire of a lot of people's hearts and what your feelings drive your actions a lot. And so if these people want to get married, where do you think they're going to be going to find people if, if they know it's too risky to meet at church and it's too, um, and you know, it's going to be at bars and it's going to be at on Tinder. It's going to be on dating apps, which I think dating apps are great, but it's just so interesting that the church, it's like, they, they don't give you an answer. Not that the church needs to give an answer and, you know, they're meant to teach the Bible. But again, if the church is filling the needs of all these other people group, yet singles are some of the fastest growing demographic in the church. Why is there not more filling the need there? And, and that's where my passion comes in of, Hey, like I, I want more resources for singles because um, it, it just blows my mind. Even the singles ministries sometimes that I've talked to pastors and I've told them about what we're doing. And they I've literally had a pastor tell me, I don't think our singles would benefit from that right now, because a lot of them are in a stage of life where they're either just becoming a Christian or they just got out of bad relationships. I'm like, you're telling me that every single single is feeling this way. And you're telling me just because you become a Christian, you, you don't, you're going to, you're 38 and you're going to take a day, a break from dating. Like not likely, especially if you are a new Christian, you're not going to have that, maybe that wisdom. It's just in my head. I'm like, 
that's easy for you to say as a 22 year old who got married or somebody who got married at 22, you have a beautiful wife and family. You're going to tell a 38 year old single person, like you're not ready to date yet. What? Like that infuriates me. And so, um, that's where I think there's this big disconnection and why singles are leaving the church because it, because that desire that's deep down in their heart, they're feeling unseen. They're feeling like they're not being aided in any way. And then, because at the end of the day, like when we're thinking about relationships, like that consumes a lot of our mind. And when you're like, I want to be married, I want, but I I don't know how, I don't know where to meet them. I'm getting discouraged. So I'm getting ghosted. They're not communicating with me. You know, it's, it's like this secret place in our mind sometimes that is really bringing us down. If you're not bringing community into it, but then it's like, there's no resources at church to actually help you with those communication skills or help you with those specific things that you find a lot of dating coaches will help with. And so to me, I just, I'm like, and I look at it, it makes so much sense to, to help singles date better, help them with like hard, like literally, like, how do you ask a girl out? You know, but I feel like a church would be so against actually holding like, like the whole dating seminars, really they're those, those seminars are not helping you with dating skills. I should go back. I think it goes dating, relationship, engaged marriage. And so the church is amazing at the, um, the, a relationship engaged marriage skills, those three, but they don't mm. really equip the people for the dating skills. And that's like literally the first, second, third dates. Like once you're like the getting to know somebody part, how do you do that in a way that's not creepy, that way that's not too high stakes, you know? And, and it just, it's, it's just such a shame because that's really when people say, I hate dating, they don't hate being in a relationship. <laughs> they hate, trying to get to know people to see who's to be into a relationship with. And, and the most pastors kind of do is they say, make sure you're equally yoked, but that's just one slight part of the whole quote dating stage. And so it just, it makes me very sad that, that there's just so many singles that feel so lost because they were promised this, this promise almost of if you stayed pure, if you just, you know, didn't focus on girls or boys at youth camp, like you just focused on God, that, focusing on girls and boys is bad, you know, purpling is bad. Then, you know, they maintain this mentality later into life. And now they're older, single, they still haven't found somebody and they don't know how to date. And they're not even in like a, a ecosystem that would promote them meeting people their own age. And I've just seen so much of that, like so much of that. And it just makes me so sad. Yeah, it's well, tough. My, uh, my favorite phrase in the church is always, if you're discontent, then you'll find someone. And then you have a bunch of Christians that are running around going, I'm content. And they're looking around trying to figure out where in the world this person is. Or not looking, no, I, of course I'm not looking. Right. The one that I keep being told recently is when you least expect it, God will provide. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm not expecting it. Um, well, where'd they go? And and we don't we don't give good sound advice into Uh-oh. these things. And the number of times in the last week that I have had someone come up to me and say, I'm praying that God will give you a godly wife. I'm like, I appreciate that. That's amazing. But you're just leaving it at that. And you're not helping me with anything else. What about a blind date? How about that? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, would, yeah. Do you know someone or are you just praying for this invisible human being here? Because I'm not seeing them. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, the church has such a, a wide reach that for me, like, yes, this is my business, but also I'm like, oh, I want to put people together, but 
unless I have this big advertising budget, you know, like I can't like it's my ultimate goal is to actually like equip churches to have mixers on their own. Like that is my dream that I I'm out of it, you know, and that churches are meeting up with other churches to put on these mixers that it just becomes something normal. Like almost every other religion and like even culture like has this where, you know, they have matchmakers, they're, you know, singles wards and Mormonism, like it's a thing in other religions. And, and I get it that people are like, oh, you don't want to like totally elevate marriage over everything. But at the end of the day, like God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And back to my point of most people are not called to singleness that I will die on that hill. Most people are not (laughs) called to singleness. And I think it's a lie that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better of I can be single and content. Like, yes, you can, but also most of us have this deep desire to be married and that is okay. And that is that's a good desire to be married. That's what's going to push you to keep trying to find somebody. And then when the church is telling you, just focus on God, just focus on God. I think you can hold both. I think you can go for it, try to find a wife, try to find a husband and love God. You would never tell somebody who's looking for a job, just pray for it. It'll come when you least expect it or an education, like literally anything else in life that you are trying to get, like they say, like work for it, do the things, put yourself in the, in the places that'll help it come to you and put your resumes out, you know, like the things that I've wanted in life that I've actually gone after, like, that's how I've gotten it is because I've been persistent. And so, you know, with my story, it's kind of funny that I say that my story of, I've actually, I've been on a quite a few dates in the past. I've been on over 60 first dates over the last four years, which is a lot. Now, granted, I did go on online dates before they had like the filters of like Christian or not. So I'd say half of them weren't even Christian, but you know, I would, I just never want to look back and be like, I didn't put myself out there. I didn't, you know, I wasn't making myself available to people. And the cool thing is because I'm seeking first the kingdom, there's been so much fruit from those relationships, even though it didn't end up in marriage. A few of them were second dates, but I've learned so much about just loving people. And like, look, this business came from it too. It's just like, you just don't like, we can't be, we can't decide like why God's plan is good for us or why seeking first the kingdom is like going to be a good or a bad idea. If you want to be married, go on dates. If you want to be married, be online dating you know, pray about it. See what the Holy spirit tells you, you know, if there's a reason why you shouldn't be, but th- this is my, my kind of generalizations to singles is get out there, like put yourself out there, go to your single and, and go to other churches that have singles ministries, you know, like don't necessarily neglect your church, but go to other services, you know, like put yourself out there. And I feel like there's this, this almost like this looking down upon on things like that from the church, which then put you in this bind of, well, how am I supposed to meet somebody if marriage is this great thing that you're trying to get me like that I want that you're talking about, but you're, you're telling me that that's somehow making an idol. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know. That's just, that's just my, my opinion. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of fruit can come from it. And yeah. Yeah. So a couple of actually maybe three things that I was thinking while you were talking first I just want to put out there, I think, I think everybody knows this, but it's sometimes good to say things that everybody knows just to make sure they have that. that when we talk about this stuff and we talk about, oh, well, the church could do this better. The church doesn't do this well or whatever. It's from a place, I think I can say for all of us, we love the local church. Like we love our churches. We like, 
obvious, it's biblical, it's vital to life as a Christian. And if we didn't care, we wouldn't care. You know, like there's a, there's a urgency and there's a, a, a depth of feeling there that is because we do care. So it's not, I know we can all, you know, get off on these tangents. And I, I mean, I do too, where I'm like, oh, let me just tell you all the things. And I don't ever want it to sound like I'm saying the church is bad because it's not obviously like we care about the local church. And so we care about seeing it execute. Well, I guess, is that a fair assessment? I guess. Love that. Um, love that. I, I get real passionate sometimes. I love that. I do love yeah. the local church and there are a yeah. lot of churches that are doing really good things. It's so easy and, to focus on the bad, so but I'm glad you said that. Yes. So then a um, couple of other things. One, I'm so glad you said that about equipping churches to do mixtures with other churches in the area because I probably, it was several months ago. I was like, Dalton, what do you think if somehow, some way down the road, we did like, like we, it wasn't like, we didn't have to make it dating heavy, but like there's several churches around here. They're generally like-minded. We could get groups of people together and just have mixers, a good word, just have a hangout where people meet people they wouldn't normally meet basically. So anyway, all that to say, if you needed a testing ground for your churches putting on mixers, I'm going to volunteer us that maybe we could be your beta test. <laughs> I you. Yeah. Yes. No, so I think Any that's such a, out there, hit me up. Yes, I think that's such a good idea. Um, and then one other, just talking about online dating and one other little point with that, I we have a, a Facebook group for the ladies of the that listen to the podcast. And one of the girls just in the past couple of weeks had commented on there. She was like, I, she lives in, I think middle of nowhere kind of place. And so she, a couple of people at her church said, well, why are you like online? And she was like, Oh, cause it's hard to meet people. Like we live in the middle of nowhere, whatever. And they were like, no, no, no. Like, why, why are you online dating? Because you, you should just be waiting on the Lord to provide like that, that being online was stepping outside of like the Lord's will. Like if he wanted you to meet someone, he would bring them to you. And she was like, she was basically kind of like, okay, I know that's not right, but I didn't have an answer for them. And I said, you know, if those people would also agree that you walking up to someone at church and saying, hi, my name is Susie, whatever your name is, you know, and striking up a conversation, if they would also agree that that is stepping outside of the Lord's will for your life. And that is like usurping like his sovereignty, then, okay, maybe they have an argument, but my guess is they would not agree with that Dalton's face right now. It's hilarious. And I said, otherwise I said, I think it's Stephanie Mae Wilson that talks about like dating sites and apps that think of it more of like as an introduction site or an introduction app, you're not dating online. You're meeting people to get offline as quickly as possible. And I said, this is just another avenue, another tool that the Lord can use to introduce you to people that you might not normally meet. It's not you taking the reins and taking control of things. But I think, how do I say this? With, especially with, let's say an older generation of people in church who they just why would they understand online dating? They got married before it was even a thing. Like, it's not a fault of they, like they, why would they understand? They shouldn't. It's not something that they should know all the ins and outs of, but because there's a little bit of a lack of knowledge there, it's like, oh, well, it must be bad. And I just want to encourage you, especially the ladies, because I think it more affects them. It's okay. You're not, you're not doing anything that would thwart the sovereignty of God, I guess you could say. 
No, you've you've opened a soapbox here because <laughs> I'm more on the the side of things where this this was it a pastor or someone at the church? Just a couple people at the church. Okay, um, that's just wrong. Don't. It, that's like saying I I pray that the Lord would provide me wisdom, but I'm not going to open my Bible. That doesn't make any sense. Or when you pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Provide for a meal, but you're you don't go to the grocery store. Like you're asking the Lord's provision, but there's also the level of human responsibility. And the same is true with dating. We're not sitting here and just waiting on our future wife or future husband to walk through that door. And then we'll know God provided. You still got to put yourself out there. So uh, whoever you got that advice from, don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> just ignore them now. <laughs> Farmersonly.com. Oh, dear. Oh, don't and sing farmersonly. it. Farmersonly.com. <laughs> this is not sponsored. They have no idea we exist. And that's probably a good thing. Um, after that little rendition. Okay. Um, we've kind of talked around a couple of the next questions. So we're just going to skip them completely. So Mel, next question here. And these are kind of transitioning now to just like, okay, let's talk about your own personal thoughts and opinions, because I had Dalton put some questions on here too. Cause I'm like, as a guy, like, here's your chance. You, You can ask a girl's perspective and just Unfiltered, here we go. So first question, what is the best way for a guy to let you know he is interested? Ooh, I love that. (laughs) I would say for me, the best way would literally be like, I'm all, you can totally text it to me. You do not need to tell me into my face. The thing is, it depends on like, have we been friends for a long time? Have we not? If I'm, here's a stranger, the best kind of like uh, cold calls or cold texts I've gotten, I guess you could call like DM slides, whatever have been literally the guy just simply saying, Hey, I, you know, something around I've noticed you, or I've talked to you or whatever. Um, I would love to take you out sometime on a date with that. Can I take you on a date? Literally. That's all I have to say. Be like, Hey, I, even if you don't, literally my ex-boyfriend slid into my DMS and he said, Hey Mel, uh, what do you say? I take you out for a night on the town. I swooned. I was like, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I'd had a crush on him for a long time, but, um, but we didn't really know each other that well. I thought he was really cute. I, I was undone. That literally, you don't have to do much. I would, I would personally say, call it a date. Um, and it, cause that really creates, and now since I've, you know, been on so many dates, I I'm comfortable as being like, Hey, is this a date or not? <laughs> like, I, you know what they like that, but I'll be like, Oh, you mean like on a date? And they'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like a date. And I'm like, okay. Cause ladies ask for clarity. There, you are not being too much. If you ask for clarity, but I would just say, simply say, Hey, I would love to take you on a date. Would you be interested? Boom. I would second that too. of just like, in so many situations these days, there's so much ambiguity and there's so much, Oh, we could hang out or we could this, or we could that, that when a guy, uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be super creative and it doesn't have to be super original, but for a guy, the initiative of saying, I'm interested in you and I want to take you out. Like, we've gotten so far away from that. That's, that's almost like a novelty for someone to actually do that. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, literally that's all it yeah. takes. Like really. <laughs> it feels so good too, to mm-hmm. be asked on a date. You're like, Oh, like this is what I've, you know, like, cause you see it in the movies, you see it like it, to, I think at a core part of a woman, like it's like kind of a dream to be asked to go on a date, you know? And you're like, you feel but also on the flip side, I can, I can already feel some guys being like, oh, but like, what if I'm not quite sure about her? Like, what if I don't hundred percent know, but I just want to get to know her more. And I don't want her to think that I'm in love with her. Totally valid and fair. But I would say, keep it very low stakes on that first date. Some girls, 
I've talked to some girls and they don't like coffee dates. I love coffee first dates because to me, it keeps it low stakes, but you can still be creative in how you do like a first date, make it, make it cute-ish. You don't want to make it over the top. <laughs> also say one time I was, I was taken on a first date. We went sailing. He had a picnic planned and like it, it I liked him, but it really, it created this like overly romantic atmosphere that I think we would have found out a lot faster that maybe we weren't actually just like compatible on just like a normal human level because I was like oh my gosh he's so cute and he's feeling you know and I like was into it you know and so I would say something like a coffee date or um you you could I would say keep it low low monetary like financially keep it low too because you're going to want to ask a lot of girls on dates and you know depending on what your budget is you don't want to break the bank and also dinner can be kind of long and you want to be doing something so say like let's go on a bike ride or let's go you know, go for a walk or, you know, let's get coffee and go for a walk. You want to make a little bit of a financial investment. I would definitely say, because it shows like you're putting some skin in the game. Like, I don't know why, but there's something like, well, I mean, it makes sense. God talks about our money all the time. So make like a little financial investment, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I had a really good date the other day. We got, uh, he picked up dinner and then we went to the zoo. It was like the cutest. And it was just like, got to walk around, we got to eat a little bit, you know, see the animals. So, you know, Keep it simple, low stakes, do an activity, tell her it's a date. Yeah, I think that's key. Tell, yeah. Otherwise we're going, okay, I'm going out with this guy. I can just hear the conversations I've had with my girlfriends of like, we're going out, but like, I, I guess it's a date. I'm really not sure. Like, I think, I don't know. And then you come back and you're like, I'm, I still don't know. Like, I'm not sure what, but I'm like you, I'm like, so, so what, what is it? Are we doing this again? Like, I just say it because... <laughs> I know I'm sick of not saying it. I'm like, at this point, like I, and I kind of put them on the spot a little bit, not in like a mean way, but, and then I would also say guys, like equally as important as the asking out part, be prepared to communicate at the end or within the next few days. Like that's a really important step that isn't talked about as, as much, but that's where the communication comes into play. I get it. Sometimes you don't know right away after a date, you know, and you don't need to let her know the minute you drop her off or the minute you guys, but I would say same thing with the 48 hour policy, (laughs) ideally within 24 hours, do not wait more than 48 hours. It just, it's bad form. I think for modern dating, you know, there's not quote rules, but I would say if there's a rule, that's the rule 48 hours, no more than that, let her know where you're at. And it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to write a paragraph, but just, if you're interested in going on another date, be like, Hey, I really enjoyed that date. Can I take you on another date? And if you let her know, like, but but also like make plans for that date when like in the 48 hours, you know, as much as you can, because the the hardest part for a girl is to be left waiting and, and, and kind of curious what's going on. Now you don't, you don't have to put all your cards on the table because that's equally on the other side of like, (laughs) you you don't know if you like her yet or not, honestly, because you don't know her well enough. So you don't. I always tell guys this. I say, guys, you are going to be all in your feels when you're with the girl. Cause it's something that's very common for men I've noticed. And a lot of times guys will just like say whatever they're feeling in the moment and the amount of guys, oh man, that and girls are said, he said, I was awesome. He said, I was amazing. He said, he's having such a good time. And then either I got ghosted or I never heard from him again, or he said, he's not interested. I'm so confused. And I say, that's because men will, they're really good at being present in the moment and they, they might be feeling like you're awesome. They might think you're amazing in the moment, but then when they go back and they reflect on it, oh, maybe our values aren't quite as, I don't know, Dalton, if you can speak to that, if that you've ever experienced that in the moment, you're like, this girl's awesome. And then you go back and you think about it more and you're like, ah, oh, maybe like, it's not the, the best match. 
Um, I've had lots of guys say like, yeah. So I'm like, shut your mouth until you're sure about this girl, because she's going to remember what you told her and girls are different. They, they don't say these things until they mean it. I don't know why exactly, but I've just noticed that's kind of a difference between guys and girls. Um, and so girls will hang on to that little thing you said that one time when you're like, I don't remember saying that. Yeah, no, there's definitely, um, I think there's some pressure on guys to say something immediately from the, the culture around us of you got to say something, mm-hmm. uh, but I definitely agree. There's a lot of times where, where you'll leave a date, you feel great about it. Everything's gone well. And you get home and you start analyzing everything and go, huh, we really did not connect that well in terms of, we disagree vastly on what we believe about the Bible. And mm-hmm. uh, we really weren't that compatible because it was more of a one-way conversation, mm-hmm. but in the moment, because it's a date and, and, you feel like it has to be really romantic and great. Uh, even your Hallmark guy that took you sailing, uh, which was just too much for me personally, but there is a lot of pressure we put on this and it doesn't have to be that difficult. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Do y'all, I think you do don't, uh, do y'all, have y'all watched Friends? You familiar with Friends? Oh yeah. You're always like, okay, don't get into a Chandler Bing situation where, he was talking, I think it was a girl, I think Rachel had set him up with this girl, it was her boss or something. He was like, okay, well, that was fun. We should do this again sometime. And they were like, well, are you going to call her? He's like, no. And he was like, well, did you have it? No. I mean, he was like, well, no, it's just what you say. Right. And I've, I got myself into one of those situations one time. Like it was this really awkward and he was really into it. I had not had a good time at all. And at the end of it, he like went in for a hug and I was like, okay, well, this is fun. I'll talk to you later. And in my head, I'm going, I don't ever want to talk to him again. What is coming out of my mouth? But it's especially in the South, which I don't know how it is out there, but you just have to be nice and you say the nice thing and you follow the convention and you do whatever. Um, and you say, okay, well, that was fine. We should do this again sometime. When in your head, you're like, I don't ever want to talk to them again. So that's why I'm always like, don't let yourself be Chandler. Um, and I tell girls, you know, if, if you don't want to go out with this guy again, at the end of the day, thank him for his time. Thank him for the investment he made and leave it at that. I don't say I had a really great time. We should do this again if I don't want to, but I will say, thank you so much for dinner. I really appreciate it. See you later. Like it's, it's subtle, but it makes a difference. Um, but I always tell people too, like, this is a first date, um, all well, at least this is something that, like you're talking about going on dates over time you kind of learn how this goes and I've gotten to a place where I'm like you know what a successful date in my mind especially in these early dates is one where I know I have the clarity to know whether or not I want to do it again mm-hmm. even if the answer to that is no I don't want to that was still a successful date because I know I don't want to continue if you leave and you're like, I have no idea what just happened, that probably wasn't a very successful date. But if you leave with the clarity of knowing, yes, I want to see them again, or no, I don't, regardless of what their thoughts on the matter are, like, it may be that they don't want to, but you like, you figure that out later. It's a success if you know one way or the other when you leave what you want to do. I would have to push back a little bit on that. I love that. But my only pushback on that is that sometimes one date, depending on how long it is, whatever, isn't enough to conclusively, I don't know this word, conclusively say, do I like this guy or not? Or do I even want to see him again or not? Well, okay, fair enough. And I would say, yes, I don't mean I like him enough to want to do it again. But if I'm in this place of like, well, I'm intrigued. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm like, well, I want to go out with him again to find that out. Or 
he really kind of annoyed me. I don't want to. So like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't mean you have to know, oh, I really like this guy and I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. But you've been able to learn enough about the person to know, I want to continue learning more about you. I and for those first three, four, five dates, even that's kind of like my benchmark is just mm-hmm. finding out enough on that date to know, do I want to continue doing this or do I not? And then after yeah. that is when you really start feelings get involved and you just like, Oh, I really like this person, but you yeah. don't have to decide, do I like them or not? That's kind of what I'm trying to remove even of like, I don't have to know. I really like them. I could see myself marrying them. Um, this could really work out long-term. I don't even have that on the table. Those first few dates, it doesn't have to be. That's good. Okay. Dalton has his hand raised. Yes. This isn't even on the, the little printout here. We're going off script here. because it, it made me think there is a conversation a lot of times amongst guys of you take a girl out three and four dates. And then once that three or four date mark has been hit, you have to DTR it. That's just like this unwritten rule amongst guys. Is that a thing for ladies? Like, are y'all expecting that? Because I feel like that's, that's a kind of a short span of time. I don't expect it after three or four. If we've had three or four dates and it's going well, I'm going to give it. Uh, for me, it's a matter of, okay, how much time do I give it before I bring it up? Because I want, you know, I would like for the guy to bring that up to define that. After three or four dates, it's going well. It's on my mind. I don't expect it there. By 10 or 11, I'm like, okay, he's going to either okay, have yeah. to say something or I'm going to. That's my two cents. What do you think, Mel? Oh, it's such a good question. Such a good question because it's just so different depending on the guy. Because at least in my mind, what I've felt before, that's just so hard. I think sometimes even like remaining a little bit mysterious is is good too. You don't want to like tell them everything, you know, because especially if you don't know. Three or four dates. I don't know. That's a hard one because <laughs> because I've been in situations where I've been on a few dates with the guy where I'm not sure about him. And I'm like, oh gosh, I hope he does not try to DTR this because I'm not ready yet because I don't know how I feel about him. You know, so I mean, in those situations, I'm like, no, let's do some more dates. Like, let's just keep seeing how it goes because I really like who he is and stuff, but I'm not sure if I actually really, really like him or not. But then other guys, you know, one or two dates where I'm finding like, wow, I really like this guy. I really hope he likes me back. Then of course I'm like, yeah, three dates, let's DTR this. Come on, you guys, what are you thinking, (laughs) jerks? You know? (laughs) And so, but I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but it's a hard one. I would say by, I always tell girls or I've heard this also of like, it can take up to three months to really know if you like somebody or not. And especially as a woman, like I, I have a really good friend who, who is um, like a relationship coach and, and something that I have just really learned from her is talking about really pay attention to how you are feeling in these dates situation, especially when you find yourself getting that anxiety of like, is he going to DTR this? Like, I don't know. Chances are you're, you're, you're not actually like, you're not seeing the situation for what it is right now. Cause at the end of the day, you've been on three dates. That's not that much time. So what if he doesn't like you back? Like, like, I think this is what I, my favorite thing about dating is that it's actually this tool for sanctification and that it's going to trigger you really badly, especially if you like this person. And if you start finding yourself like fantasizing about this person, I don't even mean sexually, just like thinking about them a lot after two dates, that is like a red flag for yourself to be like, I am overly attaching right now. I am thinking way too much about this person. I am making them my end all. And a lot of this, like it, it goes, I mean, it's deeply psychological of why you're doing this. And it's the way you show up in relationships. It's your attachment style. 
And so I always like recommend people like be seeing a dating coach and or a therapist while you're dating. Cause it's just such a, like a, a rich environment to really get to go deep. Like it, like, it's like, um, like a test almost that's like being pinging, like, what is that I'm trying to say? It's, it's like these alarm bells are going off of all these kind of deeper issues that you probably have that are there. They've been there, but it takes like a fresh, like a, like I think about how gold gets purified, you know, it goes to something really, really hot and all the purities drip away. But if it's not going to go through that pressure cooker, they're never, the purities are not going to know they're there. And so I think that with dating, it's like, just really pay attention to like, are you trying to get anxious? I think it's less about like, what does he need to do? Like give him up to three months for sure. And be, I think dating other people until somebody asks you for commitment, because again, you're in this dating, not relationship period, getting to know each other and start asking yourself, why am I freaking out so much that he hasn't told me what he, like, what he wants from me after three dates? Like, you know, I, I, that's how I healed a lot of my own anxieties being like, okay, I'm freaking out over something that I really shouldn't be freaking out over. Well, and I'll say too, a DTR is not a proposal. Yes. Like I'm not in a position where if we've gone on several dates, look, I know I like you almost in an exclusive style of let's continue to date, continue to get to know one another. I'm not getting down on one knee and saying, I have to marry you. Now I've known some guys that after two dates have already planned out their entire life with this woman, freaked her out and she took off running rightfully. So, so you're not, you're not proposing in a DTR. I was just curious about, you know, the, the thoughts on that, because we don't talk about that a lot and, and what, that part of the the early stages really looks like so that is fascinating yeah well Um, and I would say too one last thing just to kind of put a bow on that as far as like what girls are thinking um some of the best like relationships and even if I mean they didn't have to be long term but like I've had multiple ones where we never had a DTR because the communication was clear and consistent and throughout to where we didn't have to and so I feel like that's almost more of an ideal situation where you like, you have to have this DTR because well, you don't really know. And you need to like have this big conversation. Whereas if you can replace that with just consistent communication throughout and just like checking in and talking about, Hey, and you know, I, I will do that. I have no problem bringing that up. I'm just like, Hey, we've gone out several times and just kind of a low pressure. Hey, I'm not trying to make this into any big deal. I'm not whatever, but I've really enjoyed these past few days. You know, where are you at? What are you thinking? Like we, I'm not, and I'll even say, I'm not meaning we have to put a bunch of labels on this, but just, just want to keep the communication open. What you thinking? How's it going? And leave it open-ended. And just kind of doing that consistently sometimes works better than this pressure cooker conversation. All right. Hey, we've been going for an hour, right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to lightning round the last three and call it good? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll do the first one and then we'll go from there. Yes. Rapid fire. Go. Ready? What encouragement do you have for a guy who is fearful of asking out that girl he's interested in? Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Run up. <laughs> lightning round. Love it. Perfect. Yeah. Next. Yep. Um, okay. For real though, um, I would really... I, you know, I'm all about the therapy. I'm all about being more introspective, really push into that. Why am I so scared? Like, what am I really ask God about that? Sit before God process it with a friend because it's pointing to something that's deeper. That's it's, 
it's going to come up again and again and again throughout, even if you date this girl, it's going to come up throughout the relationship. And why am I so scared? Because fear is not from the Lord, fear is from the enemy. And so I would say like either, yeah, push through it and just ask her out or like get real with yourself about why that is. And at some point, yeah, man up and just do it. So you have to do scary things sometimes to get over it. That's, yes, that's a good I, one. We're lightning round, Bethany. Lightning I know, round. I'm saying I agree. Sorry, sorry. I'll go good back. job. Um, how long is too long for a guy to wait before he asks a girl out? They've been talking. They, they know each other. How long is too long? I don't think it's ever too long. I think that's up to the guy. If you're going to miss out, if you don't go for it. So I would say the minute you think you want to get to know her better, do it. There's 100% of the shots you don't take. All right, That's last exactly question. Right. How much communication, like t- calls, texts, and things like that is too much when you first start dating? Oh, man. I would definitely say, kind of like I had touched on before, I'll make this one quick. You should just plan the next date and maybe a few here and there. Gosh, it's so hard because it just depends. <laughs> like, it just depends. If you guys are both hitting it off, you're both going back and forth, why not? But I would say just set up the next date pretty soon after that first one, if you want to go on another one. And then if you want to call them or text them, call them or text them. But I would always say, check where your heart posture is. Is this out of fear? Is this because I just genuinely want to ask them? Or am I like, oh my gosh, if I don't talk to them, they're going to talk to somebody else. Because that is going to be your best indicator of how you should move forward. Because there's so many caveats to so many different dating situations. So for guys and girls, are we coming from a place of abundance or of fear? Yeah, I, I really like that. And, and that's one of the things that I push just with anything in the church is check the heart behind what you're doing. Yes. And where is where is your heart at? What is the desire of your heart in this situation? Is it idolatry? Is Are you in the right spot? You, you really need to uh, see the heart behind the motivations and the actions. Right. Uh, I think we are definitely out of time. What do you think, B? I think so. Yes. We don't want to. We could go on. <laughs> oh, yes. I think we I can think probably... Our first conversation, Bethany, was like three hours or something. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was a really "Ah." long conversation. And we were like, okay, we have to stop now because we're going to be on the phone forever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this has been so much fun. I'm so glad you've been able to be here today. Our first women tell all. Um, So I would, I do want to leave with one thing as we're wrapping up. Um, Is, you know, we're based in Atlanta. We're here in the North Metro Atlanta area, which if I remember correctly, a little birdie, AKA you told me there may be a mixer here in Atlanta before too long. Is that the case? It's true. The rumors are true. (laughs) We are coming to Atlanta on October 22nd. So excited for that. And we're going to be doing age ranges 22 to 39. And it's going to be on that Saturday. We're going to be releasing tickets on September 22nd so, so yeah so they've probably already been out because I think this will come out October 5th I think Ooh. so tickets are on sale so if you They're have a link to tickets now. we can put them we can yeah. put link to the tickets in um uh, in the the description here too so as with a lot of things when it comes to this there's an abundance of ladies that sign up for these correct yes there is so yes yeah. yeah, so I was gonna say so guys if you're listening one thing that's really great that Mel does is they keep these even numbers of men and women, which I love that they do because that's terrifying for the guys. If you walk in and there's like 80, 20 men, women to men, but also for the ladies, 
a good point. But so guys, we need you to sign up. And I know it's hard because a lot of guys aren't on social media as much and all that. So ladies, tell your single friends. I know you may not want to date them, but the other people there do, which increase your odds of meeting someone as well. And also and, we have these two packages. We have a one girl, one guy ticket where it's like a combo and um, you save money on it. And then we also have a bro pack. So it's two guy tickets and then you save 50 bucks by um, buying that. So just like Bethany said, help your sisters out. You know, a great guy that you would never date, but he'd be great for this. Put some pressure on him. Say, come on, come with me. Let's do a one guy, one girl ticket. We'll save some money. You know, who knows who we'll meet. Yeah. Do it. Yes. Cause yeah, coming together does not mean you have to hang out together. It's just a matter of keeping those numbers the same. So yeah, I'm super excited. Dalton and I will be there. I think we're going to kind of help Mel MC host, whatever she needs. So we will be there. We will be having fun. I'm super excited about this. Cause I've been in your Facebook group. I think I probably saw your original viral TikTok because the time frame matches up to what you're talking about. And I'm like, this is really cool. So I'm super excited that y'all are coming to Atlanta. You know what I we, cannot wait. We could do. What? We could record a couch cast there. Short, little, tiny episode. There? Do a live couch cast there. Ooh, what do you think if we like did a live? We could, because, okay, so we do couch cast, which if you don't know, Mel, couch cast started out. They're like little mini episodes that are in between the regular ones and they're listener questions. And so when we started out, Chris and I would literally, we had a fishbowl that had questions in it. We'd get on the air and we'd pull, like, we didn't even know what we were talking about. And it was off the cuff, unfiltered, answering a listener question. So if you want to brainstorm, we could do some sort of like incorporating people's questions and we could record live there. So 100%. I love that idea. Okay. Do you guys do it video? We can't. We don't normally, but we totally can. We absolutely can because we can have people on video and yeah. I think it'd be cool to do. Yeah. Use it. I think that'd be the best if we do some collaborative things, um, a collaborative post on Instagram or something. Um, I don't know if you guys have like the, the video, the mic, everything, but Typically people are open to, especially at the end, um, saying, you know, doing like a little tidbit of like, what do you think of this? We have questions. Awesome. That could be really fun. Yeah, that could be really fun. So if you're listening and you want to come, click the link in the description or, you know, if you have questions, you can shoot, shoot us a message. We'll put Mel's info as well. You can shoot her a message and we will all hang out in Atlanta in a few weeks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We've had a blast. This has been great. Um, So we will be back next week with another full episode. And honestly, I don't have the list in front of me. I don't know what it's about, but it'll be great. Come back next week. We will see you then. But until then, I am Bethany. And I'm Dalton. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm